When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. back with another episode of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football and Game Source, it is truly appreciated. And I also want to go ahead and give a big shout-out to everyone out there at LakersBall.com. Big shout-out to everyone there. They've been a great community who has embraced me so far and so well. I want to thank them so much for taking the time to do so. I truly appreciate it. But I'll tell you what, it's a great time to be a Lakers fan. It's getting right now a little bit winding down here at the in Las Vegas with the Summer League and all that. But I thought I'd talk about some other subjects that are happening right now when it concerns the Lakers, the Western Conference, and the NBA. And a good man to talk to is from LakersBall.com. They know him as Ox1947. That's Ox1947. So if you head on over to LakersBall.com, you're going to find him right there, right in the middle of the action. It is Joe Soro. And Joe, thanks for coming back, my friend. Thank you for having me. This is, again... The second show that we've done, and I believe it'll be one of many. Again, it's uh, it's going to get more exciting as the season prolongs. Uh, I know it's, what, August now. We're looking at maybe about, what is it, two months? Yes. A month and a half training camp? Yes. So get, we're going to have that. <laughs> we're going to have that slow burn. We're going to keep consistent shows out there. We're going to just go for maybe two, maybe three shows a week over the next couple months. Uh, I don't want to put too much yourself and also the guys from Lakerholics.com want to go ahead and make sure you guys have a great summer and we ease back into it because back in the thick of things, when we're having games every other night, things of that nature, we're going five, sometimes even six episodes a week. So First off, it is the Western Conference. The Western Conference has been for years the the dominant conference in the NBA for many years. I mean, this goes back to when Golden State was really a dominant force during the mid-2010s, and, and they were winning championships, or at least right there. There were still a lot of great teams that were right there with them. And the Eastern Conference was often called the Leastern Conference for the fact that it just didn't have enough teams there to support it. but 
I want to hear your thoughts, my friend, on this. When it comes down to the Western Conference, the Lakers, again, are a pick, the favorite right now here in Vegas to go ahead and win the Western Conference. And obviously they have a good team that I think can support that claim. But your thoughts on who might contend in the Western Conference? We are coming upon the, the finally after, I'd say, 20-plus years of the Western Conference finally being the Eastern Conference. This last season, and you can, again, you can kind of use COVID as still an excuse and having a short season from before and all that. I'll get in that in a second because, I again, as you get to know me, you'll know that excuses tend to, you know, not really work when, when you're in conversation, at least with me. But anyways, let's look from top to bottom. The okay. first seed this year, in my opinion, might have been the worst first seed probably since maybe Miami in 99, but that had a strike season, which kind of coincides with that there was something else going on where it wasn't your standard season. Uh-huh. Hence why the Heat lost to the Knicks which were the eighth seed in 99. Yes, guys, I do have a history lesson for you on every show. It helps kind of build the credibility, right? Yes. <laughs> Utah Jazz were one of the least feared teams I think I've ever seen. And a lot of it, and again, I'm going to come off pretty mean here, Gerald. You know, I'm not a big fan of Rudy Gobert. I think Rudy Gobert continues to win Defensive Player of the Year awards in, in, in the same fashion that I felt like, in, in a lot of ways, Dwight Howard was winning them back back when he was competing. Now, I'm not saying that they're not good defensive players, but I, 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 I think we've lost the definition of an impact defensive player. A lot of blocks, a lot of rebounds. Is that what it is? Because every time I see, and I have a nickname for Rudy Gobert, it's called Yogurt. Call him Yogurt. I don't know why Gobert just sounds like something, some yogurt uh, brand. And he plays soft and kind of kind of all works together. And it wasn't a surprise that they got mangled in the second round. And I was actually wrong on that one. I actually thought that was a bad matchup for the Clippers. And I think that's probably why I'm more irritated by it now because I, I was so off on that one. And it's probably why I'm angry about it. So Utah – If Rudy Gobert is going to be the second or 1A on a team like that, they have no shot at ever winning a title. They're going to need either a third star or something else. Second seed, okay. Phoenix is one year older, at least for Chris Paul. Booker is... I know he, he was deflecting the Kobe comparison, and that was a very smart move on his part. Whether he'll even get close to anything like that is, it's just not, it's not very realistic. I'm sorry. You, you can't, you just can't say that, not just for him, but just in general common sense. There is no Kobe. I don't care how good Booker plays the rest of his career. He's never going to be Kobe. He's never going to be able to do what Kobe does. Uh, DeAndre Ayton had the playoffs of, 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 of his career. Obviously, he's never been in the playoffs, but that was, he was pretty pretty effective in the in the uh, in the playoffs up until probably towards the end there in the finals, and I don't really and again we're we're such a what have you done for me lately type of society in just in terms of analyzing well, there was words going out saying how it was an even draft now with Luca and Trey Young and I'm like what the heck are you what 
two, a guy has a has good games for two weeks, and now he's being compared to Luca and Trey and Trey Young. It's like it boggles my mind why this stuff happens almost every day, every week. Phoenix totally played over their heads, and on top of the fact that they played over their heads, they had one of the easiest paths to the finals I've ever seen. Every team they played was massacred by by injury, and. They had a couple games there in the finals. If they had just made a couple shots, they would have won it. And it would have been an earned title. I don't want to say no one earned anything. They earned the final spot. They were the healthiest in the West. And they they ended up, you know, two games away from winning the title. So that's that's that. But I don't really I'm not really afraid of Phoenix at all next year with a healthy Laker team. Number three, hmm. I don't know if the Clippers are gonna be a threat. Yet, there'd have to be a little minor miracle in Kawhi Leonard's knee for for them to be a contender this and year, this coming year. Yeah, they, and what I mean by that is, I actually did like how they played in the playoffs without him. I thought that was a surprise, and we got to give Ty Lue some credit there. I think he did motivate. He did strategize in a way where I think it did make a make a, an effect on it, whereas the year before, the mental part was obviously not there, and that's why they ended up blowing the that 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 3-1 lead against Denver. So Clippers, I'm gonna I'm gonna put if they can play like they did in the in the, in the playoffs without Kawhi, and Kawhi comes back, he's he's slated to come back maybe around February. He's gonna have to come back around February. If he comes back in March, I don't know how the heck he's going to be in shape to play in a playoff run. So if they have any shot, he has to come back in February in tip-top shape. He plays hard for about a month, and then he's back to being Kawhi. They might be a threat, but the reality is I'm just not a – I'm a realist when it comes to torn knee ligaments for a basketball player, especially someone who's so talented. You're going to see a drop-off. Because that talent is immense. It's an immense talent. And well, he second- had the injury, remember, after the age of 30. And this comes after the major injury he had to his quad. So, you know, as he starts to get older, and I just know, I know he's selling that, you know, fabulous extension for $175 million. I mean, people have to, got to start thinking about, you know, the fact that when he stays out, he, he makes sure of his own health first and foremost a lot longer than some other players do just because of the mystery surrounding how he takes care of himself, his whole body. And sometimes he'll just, you know, goes and stays out of off injury for extended weeks, maybe than other players would. And then, uh, you know, when he comes back, is he going to play every other game? You know, is he going to take games off? Those are things in question for the team as well. Yeah. Again, it's, it's still going to come down to if, if he, if he's going to play or if the Clippers are going to be playing this yo-yo type setup, it, it's going to depend on who they play. If they play a healthy Laker team, they don't have a shot. I, I don't know. It's not looking good. I'm saying I'm pretty sure it's not going to look good at all. And the last, you could say, legitimate contender would maybe be Golden State. Again, you, you, we named five, right? Oh. We're naming five, including the Lakers. The Western Conference is pretty much kaput at this point. It's pretty much going to be the Lakers if they're healthy. Golden State is going to have a returning play. Actually, shredded his entire right lower area. 
Okay. Clay, Clay Thompson, right? Clay Thompson. I don't, I, I, I don't see how he's ever going to be back. And he's not, he might not be a DeMarcus Cousins, being that he's a perimeter player. He could be effective playing kind of cool and at the perimeter, not having to you know, be playing on the low block all year. But I just don't see how a guy in the NBA playing with these kind of professionals and these freakish athletes comes back from a torn ACL and a torn Achilles and becomes effective. It would be the first of its kind. I don't think there's anyone that's done that that's returned to, to normal form. And I don't see it happening here either. I would love to see it for Clay Thompson's sake. And obviously we know his dad and obviously Clay's a good dude. And, you know, I, I, I really, you know, if I could say a prayer and, and have him be like that, I, I would, but the reality is it's not likely he's ever going to be the same. Now, Steph Curry, you know, he's going to be Steph Curry probably for another three, four years at the very least. Draymond Green, the you know ultimate team player, Wiseman. I don't know what he's going to be. I just don't see Golden State being a threat at all next year. Uh, they'll have some good games. Maybe they'll win a couple games. Let's say if they were to face the Lakers in the in the in the playoffs at best, because of you know just having a, a Steph Curry who can shoot lights out at all times. You know he's the modern day Allen Iverson. You you always have to factor in that he might win you a game or two just by himself. Yeah. So. As far as a contender, I don't see the only contender in the Western Conference is going to be injuries uh, and the Lakers injuries. That's it. Uh, I'm not saying this to be a homer, guys. I'm not saying this because I'm a Laker fan. This is real. I'm not worried about Utah. Phoenix, they may be a challenge, but I just and another year with CP3. I don't know where he's going to be. You just don't I don't I don't see that being a problem. Everything and, has to go right for Phoenix like it did yeah. this past season. And I'm not sure yeah, it, if that's going to be the case. We saw what happened yeah. with the Lakers. All, everything you know, everything went right for the Lakers in that bubble. And it didn't go right, you know, obviously this, this previous season. So it's very hard to have those consistently nothing goes wrong, no one gets really hurt type seasons two seasons in a row. Sure. And again, you do have, in terms of the Lakers balancing out the regular season, this this might be as good as a of a balance as you can get. You have a point guard who can do anything: rebound, dish the ball, score, high energy, run the fast break. The only thing he can't do is shoot. Okay, but you you got a bunch of shooters that can 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 cover that. You don't need everybody to do the exact same thing. So how that coincides? With, with the performance and how it ends up being. Again, we're not going to know until we see it. Hopefully we don't have people falling on legs. That's the That was the problem with LeBron last year, which is such a burner. Yeah. It, wasn't a, it wasn't an age thing. It wasn't – they were t- – I know he said that, you know, they started the season too early, but I think he meant that for AD. But then at the same time, it's like AD's always hurt, you know, whether it's after a full season, not after a full season – so to me, and again, I, I'm, I'm not, Gerald, you're going to hear me say this a lot. I, there's, you know, a good excuse is still an excuse, no matter what. Yeah. And when you're in the results business, doesn't matter if you're in sports, business, doesn't matter. Conversation, you know, results is all that matter, you know, and that's, that's the bottom line. What bothers me about the excuses in this particular situation is they had five months off. 
from March to August before they went into the bubble. The bubble was a mental test. It was the least physical test. Okay, you're not traveling. You're not sitting six foot ten, six foot eight, big guys in a plane sitting like this for four or five hours or three hours back and forth. You know, imagine if they had played Miami in uh, you know in normal in normal terms. They would have gone back. They would have gone back to L.A. Let's say after they beat Denver. Oh wait, they won. They beat Denver in <laughs> L.A. So they would have still have to have flown. You know, they would have stayed home the first two games. And then they would have flown to Miami and then come back for game five and then have to have flown back to Miami. That's the new 2-2-1-1-1, right? So, again, I don't, I'm not buying the fact that the, the two-month break was a two-month break. It really wasn't. It was five months, you played for a couple months, and then you were off two months. So, as elite athletes... I'd like, especially when you're AD, okay? AD is young. AD's in his prime. And until that guy fell on on LeBron's leg, he was doing fine as well. And he's 37. So I'm looking forward to going into this next year and not having to hear about the excuses about a short season. Let's go play. Let's do our thing. Let's get number 18 up in the rafters. And then at that point, I know, you know, greed is always there for Laker fans. We're going to want 19. But it does... Give us a little bit of like, okay, we've finally passed the, the green turds. Everything else from here on out is, is, is icing on the cake. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Hey, hoop heads. We all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com. Spelled A-R-Y-S-E. And use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. The Eastern Conference, which we were calling for many years the Eastern Conference, I think, I don't know if it's just the winning by, of course, the victorious Milwaukee Bucks and winning the championship, but I think this year the Eastern Conference matches up more evenly. I think the fact the NBA should be happy because I think that there's a lot of teams that are very competitive on both sides of the equation in both conferences. I think when you look at it from, uh, you know, try to take a step back, you look at it from an objective standpoint, you see in the Eastern Conference, of course, there's Brooklyn and Milwaukee, but you have very competitive teams in Atlanta. You have a team in New York that's trying to reload as best they can and, and bring everybody back and go for a run. And everybody's excited about New York see Miami that really tried to up its game as far as some acquisitions during the course of summer. Then you've got all the Philadelphia, which actually was the number one team in the conference, which everybody's sleeping on, I think. But then again, a lot of it rides on, will they trade Ben Simmons? Will they not trade Ben Simmons? And, or will Ben Simmons ever find anything resembling a jump shot? So we'll, you know, that's, that's critical to them, but 
they're such a good home team, people can't forget how good that they are during the regular season. Then you have in the Western Conference, I know a lot of people are, are talking about Utah, but when it comes to Utah and Denver, they have such great home court advantages. And the Lakers, in their case, they play so well on the road. I think with all three of those teams, that's why they're always going to be at or near the top of their conferences because with Denver and Utah, they have such a built-in home home court advantage because of their climate, because of the the elevation. I know a lot of teams just basically usually don't do well over there. I mean, it's been right there. The numbers dictate that. And I think that with the outside shooting that Utah provides, they'll always be competitive. But you're right. Once Gobert gets in the playoffs, they usually go ahead and chase him off the court or really make an example out of him because he becomes such a liability because he everybody goes small in the playoffs now. And when Utah leaves Rudy Gobert out there, it just seems like it's a really big drag on the entire defense for Utah. And ultimately that's one of the things that costs them. But you're right. Having another star really would help them as well. The Clippers, I think they will be an above 500 team until Kawhi gets there. I think that they, that the way that they played in the conference finals is going to give them a lot of confidence going into next season. And I, I look for them to go ahead and be a competitive team, not a championship level team. We'll see what happens. Like you said, when Kawhi gets back, but I think they're going to be a very competitive team. Phoenix, everything has to go right. With Phoenix, everything absolutely has to go right for them. And if something goes off the rails, especially if it's Chris Paul, that could be an issue as well. And then with Golden State, like you said, Golden State is is going to get some nice players in there. I really love the Otto Porter signing. I really think that's so underrated for, for the minimum, and I wish the Lakers would have gotten him. But seeing him... With Wiggins, they have they have a lot of youth. They have a lot of athleticism. It, it, things could go right for them, but a lot hinges on how Clay Thompson will be when he finally comes back. I, I really think that that's going to hinge a lot on their success this season. Well, I think out of the Otto Porter signing would not have been good for the Lakers because he's too injury prone, and you can't risk an already Laker team from the year before that was ravaged by by injuries. That's likely why they didn't sign him. If he works out, he works out. That means he he ended up getting through that injury bug. I think he's only played, I don't know, maybe 70 games in the last three years. Again, Golden State, not not really feeling what they're going to do. They'll have their moments, but they're not a threat. Uh, Clippers, not likely going to be a threat because I don't think Kawhi is going to ever be the same, even especially if he comes back next year. Phoenix, Utah, again, I just, I'm not, we're not, I'm not scared of them. I'm not scared of any of these teams. I think that the Philadelphia Sixers are going to play this out with uh, Simmons. And if he's dreadful again before the All-Star break, they might just have to bite the bullet and not get the value that they want out of him. I don't know where Ben Simmons' brain's going to be. I just don't know. I, I didn't, I never expected him to turn into Markel Fultz. I don't know what's in the water in Philly. I know Philly's a hard place to play in. People used to always say Raiders were the were the bad, you know, team, the bad stadium, the bad. I'm like, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. I've been to Oakland Coliseum at least four or five times in my life. As a matter of fact, I thought the Oakland Coliseum during Raider games were the most enjoyable games to watch. The cesspool, you've heard me say that about San Francisco, was Candlestick Park before they moved over to the new stadium. 
and of course, worse than them, is anything in Philly. <laughs> Veterans Stadium had a had a reputation back in the day where uh, I'm, they, they used to say football players used to get um, their cleats used to get stuck into the astroturf. Yeah, they had a court in the stadium. They would convict, try people in there, and. They threw batteries. They cheered Michael Irvin, almost breaking his neck. Michael Irvin, the Dallas Cowboys receiver back in the 90s. So I don't know what's going on in Philly. Obviously, Joel Embiid has the personality to deal with stuff because he's kind of a, uh, a, a an original type of guy. He doesn't give you the line. It's one of the things I love about a Joel Embiid is he'll talk some smack and give you – the, the, the true answer, not the company lines. Ben Simmons, phenomenal defensive player, obviously phenomenal ball handler. However, in the playoffs, you have to make shots. In this era, in this era, you have to make shots when you are a guard. So they really only have two choices. They either got to eat it and get something for them, which is not going to be anywhere near the hype and the first-round overall first overall draft pick value or you got to just realize that he's Dwight Howard with an even worse jump shot (laughs) you know in his prime just put him at the four let him play defense sure he'll control the ball every now and then but he's a he's basically a defensive guy and an offensive liability and you got to have another guy that's you might have to take him out you might have to take him out during crunch time Uh, and that's a problem I mean you're spending that kind of money on the guy yeah, you can't. You can't. You yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. He's got a huge contract. That's a guy you yeah. are not supposed to leave on the bench when it's crunch time. Right. Again, that's why you got to kind of think outside the box. You got to you got to use him for his true strengths. Problem is, I mean, he wasn't as catastrophic, obviously. With Shaquille O'Neal, there were times when Phil Jackson would take him out during the end of the game. You know, it's just something you had to do. It's just, it, it, he was a liability. They were going to foul him. They were going to slow the game down. And the, luckily, he was so good and that that I, I don't distinctively remember ever, um, and I've, I watched almost all those games, where his free throw really cost the team a game. That Even, even the, the regular season game, I never felt like it cost them. And... In, in Ben Simmons's case, the, that that one shot, I can't. It was late in the fourth. He was right under the rim. I thought he was going to dunk the ball, and he passed it, and it ended up being a turnover. And you just heard the Philly crowd. And I was in my house watching this, and I'm like, "What the are you doing? Dunk the ball! You were right there. Hey, that's what you do usually when you go to the rim. You're, you're six foot ten. At least dunk the ball. You know it's going to go in." Hearing that Philly crowd, knowing that I was even thinking this way, I can only imagine what a Philly fan was thinking. He's going to be a liability for them until they at least they have to get some other guy there, which they don't have enough money to do. They're paying too much for what they're doing now with Tobias Harris, and you got Embiid, and you got Simmons. How are you going to get it? You can't get a fourth star. You're going to have to trade him, and then at that point, hopefully they get somebody of value where it's going to help in today's game. Milwaukee is going to be a force for the foreseeable future. Obviously, the Brooklyn Nets are going to be, at least for the next two to three years, a contender. So the Eastern Conference, for in my eyes right now, they have three championship caliber teams 
if they just tweak that Simmons thing in Philly, and that's a and that and that would that would give them give give the East at least a three or four year window where they may have more championship quality teams than than the West. Well, I'll tell you what, there's going to be a very competitive season up ahead, and again, it depends all on you know placement during the season where. You're going to have Russell Westbrook take a good lion's share of the usage. You want to go ahead and make sure you're not pushing LeBron and AD. You want to try and keep them healthy as you can for the playoffs and the postseason. I, I'm thinking that it, with the intensity and you know, just the drive that Russell Westbrook has on a game-to-game basis that the Lakers should be at or near the top of the Western Conference. I think it's just a matter of you know how much do you, time do you want to give LeBron and AD off? How much do you want to go ahead and have them play? Will they be injured during the course of the season? But I think that's just it's a you know the, going into the playoffs. It looks like to me in the Western Conference that it's the Lakers and everybody else. At this point, yes. The only way it changes is if there's a blockbuster trade that brings in a third player somewhere in Phoenix or or, or, or Utah. I don't. I don't know how that. I don't know if that's possible. I don't know if that's going to happen. The Lakers are at this moment number one in the West. AD is going. I, I haven't been hearing anything out of the AD front. I usually think that's a good idea. You don't see any publicity on a video on Twitter where he's working out and showing it and saying you know lame lines like. I'm coming after it this year or some BS line like that. I know LeBron is good at doing that stuff, but LeBron's the exception at this point because he's kind of proved what he can do. But AD's been very quiet, and I like that. I'd like to have him come in. And again, I'm not – he's 28. This is the prime, prime of a guy of this caliber. He is in his prime. Shaq won his first title at 28. MJ won his first title at 28. I think LeBron might have won his 28-29. This is it right here. This 28 to 32 window is AD time. He has the talent. He's already won. He's already shown he can play in the big games. He's hit buzzer beaters to win playoff games, big playoff games. He's gone Bill Walton in the finals, you know, not missing a shot for two quarters. He can be that guy. And that is really what I'm going to be looking at coming this year. But AD is the guy I'm going to be watching. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that I really, really, really like Anthony Davis. I like the way he he thinks, he talks, his game. The only negative is it's that focus. It's that focus sometimes veers off a little bit. And... I do have to hand it to him, though. He tried playing with that messed up leg. And, and, and I think we should give him credit. I think we should give him credit. We knew. Uh, I, I've, I've, I've pulled a groin before, and it didn't heal for three months. I kept aver- aggravating it. And I didn't have the state-of-the-art doctors and trainers and all that. And I'm kind of stubborn when I get hurt. I just kind of play through the pain. I don't... I don't what, go... what would ever make me think that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, and this is back when I was in college, so it was even worse then. It's an aggravating place to, to get injured. Uh, I'd say the hamstring and the groin are the two worst injuries you can have in terms of soft tissue damage because they don't. You don't know when they're going to heal. The back. There's parts in the back that can that can definitely be a problem too. But I don't know, man. Every time I've I've, I've kind of messed those places up, it's like I can't do what I really want to do. The back, I can. 
put a brace on. I can do something and just to kind of tighten it up a little bit. But hamstring and groin, I think the groin might have been worse than the hamstring. So AD is going to be the guy I'm going to be watching. LeBron, he'll do his thing. Again, I, I've said this in the last show. Uh, he's the Tom Brady of, of the NBA. As long as he doesn't have people falling on his leg, he'll be there. And then, of course, Russell Westbrook is still in his prime. So how that will play into the, the team's performance is going to be basically him covering a lot of holes that they had last year, which was playing time. He's going to allow guys that matter not to have to play all the time. And it's going to be a progression throughout the year. You know, it's going to be that, that week, day in and day out type situation where you know as soon as we're up by 13 – we go into the fourth, we sick Westbrook on him. Just run the heck out of everything. Let him get every rebound. Let him get every pass to the, to the to the open man. Let him keep the lead up. Then LeBron's not coming in in the fourth until the six minute mark. Those are the, those are the things that I see him doing, and I'm looking forward to it. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I see the potential for basically like another Netflix kind of paradigm shift where here comes this other major player. They have a ton of resources. Apple could change the way that entertainment is consumed. They say it's the only time this year that you'll have stars from each brand battling each other. And we know it's not going to be the case, but they like to say that and more power to them, I guess. Well, it's a big first step bringing all those superheroes together. There were definitely some parts of the movie that I that I really enjoyed. And then there were some parts that I thought just kind of fell short of expectation. Part of it has to be something to do with how it's being promoted. And this is a thing where audiences do not agree with critics. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse, every week on Apple Podcasts. And over a dozen of your favorite streaming and podcasting options. It is the Lakers Fast Break. It's Gerald along with a good man indeed. It is Joe Sorrell of LakersBall.com. So make sure you hit him up, Ox1947 at LakersBall.com when you're there. A great conversation will always be had at LakersBall.com. I wanted to ask you this before we hit up the other topics, and I want to ask you this. You know, Mark Stein first reported this, and he had said that there's inferences that AD is more inclined this year to go ahead and play more of the five during the course of the regular season. We all know what he does in during the playoffs and that he plays willingly more of the five, which is more suited for his talents. It, the numbers reflect that. The analytics reflect that. And the eye test reflects that if the team plays better, the team definitely plays better when he is playing at the five spot. Do you see ever a scenario this season that he will go and transition there a lot more often, maybe even full-time or close to it because the fact that, you know, a lot of people have been asking or at least hoping. And in fact, I've talked to Lakerholics.com crew, even though none of us are really convinced that it will happen, we're hoping that this, you know, they will just go ahead and get the message to start games with AD at five. I don't think they will. I think they'll just do always do the traditional Marcus Saul or Dwight Howard at the five spot to start the games, at least during the regular season. But your thoughts on AD playing more and even possibly starting at the five this season? No, 
No, I don't. Uh, it would have to be a matchup situation in the playoffs for him to start at the five. I do believe he'll be the crunch time five. Oh, that always happens, regardless. Yeah, even yeah, during he's, the regular season. He, yeah, he'll be the crunch time five. If you if you're gonna if you're gonna say is what what is he gonna do more of this year? He will be in crunch time five almost every game when it matters. Uh, playing the five, uh, Vogel's going to play the percentages here. You know, if you're playing against, let's say, a Gobert, you're going to play somebody that's got a big man that can't, doesn't, you know, that you can draw out, you know, or play in the post. You, you probably don't need to use AD in there. The The team's best lineup will be with, obviously, AD at the five, the point guard being Russell, LeBron playing off the ball, which, again, it's just, it's not, he's not going to be as tired if he's off the ball. It's common sense. And then whichever new arrival ends up being the most valuable shooter will be in that lineup. Whoever that might be, I don't know if it's going to be none. I don't know if it's going to be Ellington. I don't know if it's going to be Carmelo. But they're going to be playing, and they're going to. We're going to find out, Malik Monk. We're going to find out who those other guys are—the guys that can actually hit the open shot. Russell Westbrook cannot be dependent on hitting open shots regularly. However, you can depend on him to do everything else. LeBron, LeBron is LeBron. I don't need to talk about LeBron. And then, of course, AD. You know, you're. You've got the complete big man in the NBA right now. And if he's healthy, he'll do anything. It's just, you just got to make the open shots. The, the shots that Kyle Kuzma, KCP for maybe a little bit of time sort of hit, but he even kind of veered off to where he wasn't playing very consistently. So as far as AD, again, you're going to see him play the five more this year. Absolutely. But they will still try and limit the banging for him during the year. Now, I wish they wouldn't do that. Again, it's going to depend on AD's focus and regiment this summer. Is he eating the good foods? Is he working with the trainers daily? Is he really going to sit down and do what Shaq did in 2000 after Phil Jackson said, listen, you've been in this league seven years. This is going to be your eighth year. How are you not an MVP yet? That's the speech I'd have with AD. You, you, you're 28. You just hit your prime. Heck, you hit your prime two years ago. Now you're in your prime prime. Go after the MVP. LeBron is the perfect facilitator to that. LeBron can play with anyone. Anyone. Doesn't matter if it's Russell Westbrook, James Harden. He won a title with Kyrie Irving. Okay, The worst professional athlete from a chemistry standpoint that I've seen in this era, okay? Phenomenal player. I know Kobe loved him. I know he loved Kobe, and it's hard to kind of go all all in on that because of that. But Kyrie Irving is the worst star that I've seen in this era in terms of just caring about this game, caring about everything. You know, if you're going to sit there and you're going to go, well, you know, I'm more than a basketball player. I'm like, okay, well, how about you take a pay cut to 10 million then, if you're, you know, more than a basketball player, when you're getting paid $35 million a year, get your butt in that freaking court and play. 
I don't want to hear about personal reasons. You know what happened to Rick Fox when his kid was being born? Okay, this is his kid. He's in New York. This is during the 2000 season. You guys had watched Birth of a of a Dynasty on um, Sportsnet, on Spectrum Sportsnet. There's a segment there. I didn't know this until I saw the 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 episode where Phil Jackson was straight up like, "Where the hell are you?" You know, the, okay, you know, he didn't say this. I'm paraphrasing in a way and assuming this is what happened based off what Rick was saying. Hey, where are you? You're, this guy just had a kid. Like he wanted to spend time with the kid, you know, and all that stuff. And I, you know, I'm, you know, it's just like here's this guy taking time off because I don't know. He feels like it. So. Focus for a lot of these players is it's just not good. And I think it obviously has a lot to do with the fact that all of them are getting paid $35, $40 million. Sometimes when you have that kind of money, now I don't have that kind of money, but I have a pretty good amount. You know, you're, you do lose some focus sometimes. You're not careful. So AD, AD MVP. He, if that guy shows up, and again, I'm not trying, you know, I, I, I'll take the, the D-O-P-Y AD too. Hopefully the, 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 the voters don't screw this one up again, you know, and like they did in 2020. If we get at least D-O-P-Y-A-D, he, he's, he, he can put him at five, at the four, I don't care. You put him at the point guard, I don't care. He's going to help this team win a title. Once again, it's Joe Soro. You can catch him today as Ox1947 at LakersBall.com. Thank you so much, everybody, for watching and listening. We truly appreciate it. Once again, if you have any questions for us, LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com or at LakersFastBreak on Twitter. You can always go ahead and share your top 10 Lakers list with me, and I'll share them on the air. Or if you can and if you want to, LakersBall.com is a great place to go to share your thoughts on the all-time top 10 Lakers. I know that'll start a big conversation there. So if you can't, go ahead and do so there or with us right here at the Lakers Fast Break. I want to give a big shout out before we head on out to Tiffany, Ralph, Elton, JC, and Robin for sharing their big thumbs up on Facebook. Again, you can catch us all the time for the latest news and information on the Lakers at Lakers Fast Break on Facebook and, of course, at Lakers Fast Break on Twitter as well. But, Joe, it's been great to have you on the show. I cannot thank you enough. Looking forward to having you back on once again right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.